latest data on charitable donations from Giving USA. I'm Bill Stanchikevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Anna Pruitt. Anna serves at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy uh, as a key leader in our research team, and her responsibilities include overseeing each year Giving USA. And Anna, great to have you back with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, so, you know, this is kind of like one of the award shows. Somebody comes up with the envelope, and they pull the card out of the envelope, and it's the big reveal. What do these data show this year from Giving USA? Well, our top line finding is that giving reached a total of $484.85 billion. And when we look at that result overall, uh, it is 4% growth in current dollars. And when we adjust for inflation, it's about flat. And something you'll hear me say as we're on this podcast today um, is really emphasizing that difference between inflation-adjusted dollars and current dollars, because as I think we all know, inflation is higher than it has been in recent years. And that means that the results pictures can look a bit different depending on whether you're looking at that top line finding at current dollars or that other finding in inflation adjusted. Yeah, and before we go on and dig deeper into the data, this always comes up in the fundraising school, should I be looking at the current dollars? Should I be looking at the constant dollars? And the answer is, how did you write your budget? If you took inflation into account for your budget, and then that budget drove your fundraising plan, the current dollars are just fine, because the current dollars are addressing the inflation that you've already included in your budget. If you haven't included inflation in your budget, then the constant dollars come into play because that's the true value comparing from one year to the next. So top line number, about $484 billion. That's 4% higher in terms of current dollars, but about break even in terms of constant dollars when we adjust for inflation. And Anna, that's it's break even compared to a record year in 2020. So even though it didn't go up, it's plateaued, but it's plateaued at the 2020 record. Oh, absolutely. I think we all remember 2020 was a truly exceptional year where we saw once in not just a generation, but once in a lifetime events happening all at once in this really intense year. And people had just a complete outpouring of support philanthropically. We know that Americans are generous. They really responded to those challenges in 2020. So to reach that same level or near that same level again in 2021 is incredibly impressive. And of course, we know that so many of the challenges like the pandemic, the movement for racial justice, all those things are still happening in 2021. And donors, again, stepped up to the plate. And giving USA has categories, individuals, foundations, bequests, and corporations. What do the data show from 2021 in each of those four categories? Absolutely. It's a pretty interesting story over on that sources side of philanthropy. On one hand, we have corporations, which didn't fare so well in 2020, but had a total recovery in 2021. We saw very strong growth from giving by corporations in 2021. On the other side of the spectrum, giving by bequests saw a decline. Um, And now again, bequests are going to be super unusual from year to year. And that's because we have one year where there's a huge bequest that comes through and another year where a big bequest doesn't come through. So we see a lot of up and down. Then individuals and foundations are kind of in the middle of those two. So a bit of a mixed result, some really growing strongly, some declines, some that are just about in the middle. And so, Anna, this brings up the interesting point. And um, I wonder if you and and our statisticians have looked at this. Bequests went down by double digit percentage points. 
after adjusting for inflation, if we take that out, because again, bequests are so unusual from one year to the next. How many people made a complex plan to give? How many people with a will did pass away and leave money to charity? It's just so uncertain from one year to the next. If we take the bequests out, what's the story for 2021? It would seem that the data get a little bit better overall if we remove this very uncertain factor of bequests. And I'm, I'm not trying to sugarcoat the top line number, but bequests are just so unusual from one year to the next. And they had a double digit percentage point decline after adjusting for inflation. Well, let me put it to you this way. Both individuals and foundations performed incredibly well in 2021, but they didn't quite reach the highs that we saw in 2020. So still incredibly good years for these two largest sources of giving. Individuals is coming in at about 67% of the to of total giving and foundations are coming in at about 19%. And we're still seeing really great results, positive growth in terms of current dollars and about flat or slight declines in terms of inflation adjusted dollars, but both reached their second highest levels ever. So really, and when we look at that two year picture, it's positive across the board for all four sources of giving. Yeah. So what we're seeing is it's ultimately a positive picture. It's just that this year is a bit um, more, you have to put those things in context in order to understand the way that these years are working together. And that foundation uh, result in 2021 is compared to a double digit increase that happened in, in 2020. And, and so it sounds like a big driver of this then was the giving from the corporate sectors. You indicated earlier and we know from the economic news in 2021, people were back out. People were back spending money. We were seeing economic growth. We were seeing hiring. In fact, the United States had its most consistent best hiring over a 12-month period in 2021 in terms of the total job gains. Uh, that was being reflected in gross domestic product. It was being reflected in the stock market. All these positive economic numbers. And Anna, we don't need to be an economist to know that if the business uh, sector is doing well, it's going to reflect into their charitable giving. And it sounds like, just at a surface level, that's what happened in 2021. Is that correct? Absolutely. And, you know, the S&P grew 26.9% in current dollars. GDP grew 10.1%. And corporate pre-tax profits grew an astonishing 37.4%. So not only did that lift giving by corporations, it lifted some of these other sources of giving as well. And again, it's very important to remember, you know, we're starting at zero every single year, right? You have got to start from zero and build all the way up. We had two near record years for both individuals and foundations, and those strong economic factors definitely helped to drive all of those um, all of those sources. And then we have the destinations of where the charitable giving went, and there are nine subsectors in the Giving USA report. And Anna, we don't necessarily have time to go through all nine, and we encourage people to pick up the free executive summary on our school's website, which we'll talk about here in a moment. You can purchase the book through us and the Giving Institute to get even more details. But, but what are the highlights as you look at those nine subsectors of where the charitable giving went in 2021? So the way that we're thinking about the uses side of this year is that we saw some rebounds from 2020. So remember last year at this time, we were talking about the arts sector, which was heavily hit in 2020. Arts and health, both, both hard hit in 2020, had great recoveries and really rebounded in 2021. That was incredibly exciting to see. Um, we saw a, a handful of sectors that performed well, but again, not quite as well as those heights that were reached in 2020 or earlier years. So human services, education, and international affairs. And again, they still had great years 
you know, in general. And when we look at that two-year growth, it's very positive, but just not quite as well as they performed in the previous year. And then the final category are these sectors that grew two years in a row. That's public society benefit. And again, this is a bit of a catch-all category, so I'd like to do an explainer. It includes things like the ACLU and other legal aid organizations. It also includes United Ways um, and a lot of those uh, really foundational pass-through organizations as well as uh, national donor advised funds. Uh, we also saw two-year growth from Environment and Animals and Giving to Foundations. So overall, a lot of really positive and uplifting results. And it, it seems intuitive, at least just at the surface level, when you talk about how you know, human services understandably went up so significantly in 2020 and the arts really struggled in 2020 as a lot of donors turned to the immediate need of making sure people had food and other immediate care that they needed, that as the economy became better in 2021 and people started to sort out what is life in the pandemic and can we get back to some sort of a new normal, money came back to the arts. And not necessarily that the human services suffered, but didn't see the same type of impact in 2020. Again, Anna, you're an expert, and that's a simplistic explanation, but is, is that what the data are saying to you? Absolutely. So what, what we're saying is that we're seeing donors return to the causes that they care the most about. And we have other data in the field that tell us a story about you know, believe it or not, the number of new donors declined for a lot of different organizations, especially in human services. You know, we saw that outpouring of support in 2020. Does that mean people abandoned human services? No, it just means that we, they weren't getting as many of those one-time donations with people responding right away to those immediate causes. And what we see instead is people kind of reapportioning, going back to the long-term causes that they've supported. And we see that in the data overall with arts and health returning and, and really rebounding in this year. Well, Anna, you have such a gift of taking the, the complex data, just a huge volume of data uh, and helping all of us understand that data, make sense of it in a current year, comparing over time. Uh, just let people know in the Giving USA report, we go back uh, over about a 20 year comparison and you can see uh, those data from one year to the next to help you with your planning. At the fundraising school, we teach that the number one predictor of your fundraising success is your relationship with your donors, knowing where they are at the moment and can they continue to give? Are they interested in continuing to give? Give it a higher level. The second predictor are the new donors that you're able to bring into your organization. So keep up your fundraising work with individuals, foundations, and corporations in developing and cultivating and stewarding those relationships. That said, we can learn from the data. So Anna, what advice would you have for fundraisers on how they can use this year's Giving USA report uh, to assess their fundraising and also plan their fundraising for the future. One of the things that I always encourage people to do, absolutely look at those historic trends and look to see how those trends work in your organization. Maybe you had, you know, maybe the recession is not hitting your area as strongly, or maybe you're in an area where um, tourism was down in 2020, but it's booming again in 2021. And that can be, you know, an impact. So really look at your own landscape. But I also really encourage people to dig into the book itself and the chapter itself, because there's so much rich information there, including a new chapter this year on giving to and from donor advised funds. So if you're curious to see what portion of donor advised fund grant dollars are going to organizations within your subsector, we have new and updated information in this year's book that covers that topic. Can you give us a headline on the donor advised fund information? I have to say when we teach at the fundraising school and that topic comes up, the class takes over. The discussion is so robust. 
What are some of the headline takeaways on donor advised funds from this year's report? So we have original research done right here at the school. The most recent year is 2019, but it includes some of calendar year 2020, just due to the way that some organizations classify their data. One of the really exciting things that we see showing up in the data is that donor advised fund donors seem to have responded to the events of 2020, and they seem to have done so quite early. So human services actually grew as a percentage of giving from grants from donor advised funds over that year. Um, and we, we actually see some of those uh, responses happening in that DAF grant data. So I can't encourage people to look at that enough. And there is a concern in our sector that DAS can become this parking lot that people use just to get the tax write off and leave the money alone. But what our school's research also can show is that our, our DAF donors are some of our most strategic donors, that they are putting the money there to, to give it a think, to consider opportunities for a while and to make their biggest impact. And Anna, it sounds like, uh, and again, just at an initial surface level, that that came to be true, that they're very strategic, they're waiting for a big impact, and the pandemic, racial reckoning, other things happening in the world allowed DAF donors to say, we're going to step up in a bigger way. That is what we're seeing. We're seeing larger outpouring of grants from these DAF sponsoring organizations. And we're curious to see, you know, if that will continue on into 2022 and beyond. But I just wanted to bring something up in terms of strategy and donors. I think something else I would really remind fundraisers and organizations right now, think carefully about how people are giving. So one of the things that we always say is that giving primarily happens from individuals because we're not just counting individuals, we're counting those bequests, we're counting gifts from family foundations. When we bring all those together, that's about 86% of total giving. But increasingly, as these donors become more and more strategic, they have donor-advised funds, they have planned giving, they have you know gifts from their quality qualitative charitable distributions from their IRAs. So they have lots of different ways to give. And I think it's really important that um, people reach out and make sure that they're leveraging all of the assets that their donors have. We need to listen to our donors and prospective donors, our funders and prospective funders to understand what matters most to them. We also can listen to the data and the data can teach us for our fundraising assessment and fundraising planning, including these most recent data from Giving USA, which are available on the website of the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy. Here's the website, philanthropy.iui.edu. Now, there's a toolbar across the top, find research, there's a pull-down menu, and that will take you to the most recent Giving USA resources. There's a free executive summary, and then there's a book that gives you a deeper dive. And so uh, whatever resource works best for you, Take advantage of it at philanthropy.iupui.edu and look for that research tab. Now, a couple spots over, you'll see professional development. That's where you find us at the fundraising school. Just about every single one of our courses starts with the latest Giving USA data and some other key data resources from our school. And these come out in our public courses, which are in person across the United States. Those public courses also available online, either recorded or you can take them live in a virtual setting on demand, if you will, uh, and also uh, virtual and live. We also have custom training where we can take little bits of different courses and tailor it just for you or bring a public course just to your nonprofit, your association, your region in the United States and across the planet. We also have our quarterly webinars and these free podcasts. Again, the website, philanthropy.iupui.edu. The research tab takes you to Giving USA. Professional development takes you to the fundraising school. Our guest today, Dr. Anna Pruitt, 
of our research team leading our Giving USA efforts at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm-hmm.